Uh, hello, and welcome to Spectology, the science fiction book club podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And I'm B. Hi, B. It's good to have you back. No, no goofs this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't promise that might be over promising for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, we're serious mode. Only, only, right. only serious book reviewers very, here. Ser- very serious book. Uh, very serious <laughs> reviewers. Uh, yeah. So Spectrology is a science fiction book club podcast where we pick a book and read it and talk about it over the course of two episodes. This month, the book that we picked that B and their friend Estelle picked was um, Do You Dream of Terra 2 by Temi O. Uh, the three of us recorded a pre-read episode about it, which is like spoiler free, why you might want to read it, um, that were released at the beginning of September. Um, Estelle cannot make this a uh, post-read episode, so it's just B and I, but the two of us will be talking about the book in-depth uh spoilers essentially from the get-go like we'll do a little kind of mini review but like you know essentially if you don't want spoilers don't listen to this episode that's that's not it's not how we do on this podcast uh spoilers (laughs) are fake um (laughs) agreed uh anyway so uh yeah um B, you chose this book, but I'm going to put you on the spot first. Uh, you know, I know you mm-hmm. liked it, but like, you know, what do you think? Did you did you end up rereading it for for the for this? I did. I, I finished it again. I did not do a repeat two days. Um, I, I, I spent a little bit longer this time around sort of <laughs> pe- pe- peering through it, peeking through it, getting through it a little slower. Um. It's fucking incredible how good this book is. Yeah, (laughs) it's really good. Yeah, I think I said on the pre-read that I read it a few months ago, but that feels like a lifetime ago because it was just a (laughs) random quarantine thing. And yeah, like going through it again a little slower, I I had more time to just like sit with the language, I think. And that Mm -hmm. just improved it. Like I think it's even better than I thought it was before. Yeah, I can I can a hundred percent see that. I I just finished it today. Um, I've been like reading it very slowly over the course of a month. Um, partially because it's long, partially because I don't have any attention span, and partially because like I'd pick it up and like devour a chunk of it, and then like feel bad that I had that much left less of it left to read, and like mm-hmm. not want to read it for a little bit, and just like kind of digest what I'd read so far. Um, it was a very interesting reading experience. It's it's one that I can only compare to like a couple of other reading experiences I've ever had. And um, while the book is very, uh, I I feel like I'm going like this is a book I am going to read again at some point. And also like even though there's a lot that is like like the first time reading it, I just found myself like racked with like what is going to happen. And like now that I know what's going to happen, I almost feel like, okay, good, I can relax and like read it for the pleasure of like reading it and enjoying that story again. Um, yeah. it's it's honestly very few books that like I have ever felt that way about. Uh, and this is absolutely one of them. So it's thank real you special. for recommending yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it is thanks really to special. Estelle for telling me about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, I, you know, I know she has some real world stuff going on, so can't make it. But uh, I hope to have her back on someday because that was really a lovely conversation. And this is a really good book. She knows how to pick them. <laughs> yep, she's the best. Um, 
How did you, I know when I've talked to Estelle about it, she has talked about how like completely devastating she found the ending, like the, the last, I whole last section basically. Um, yeah. I have a slightly different relationship to it. I think it's like, it's really like, it's not exactly a fun time or whatever, but like it didn't, it's not the kind of book that like broke me down into tears at any point. Like how, how did you end up feeling about the end? Right. You know, I was thinking about it as I finished it. I was thinking like, like I had this thought of like, wow, this book never made me cry. Even though I felt like, you know, I was telling you right before we recorded, like I was reading it. It's cold here in New York City because it's fall. Obviously, I keep forgetting seasons happen. (laughs) Um, They do still, even while I'm in quarantine. Uh, and all my windows were open cause it was like a nice day, but it's getting like cold in the evening. And so I was reading it and like, they were just describing the ship getting colder and colder. And I found myself getting colder and colder and it took a minute to realize like, Oh, that's because like my apartment's getting cold. Dummy go close the windows <laughs> Yeah, because so much of the book was so like visceral to me, but like the visceralness was often in the form of like anxiety or stress as opposed to like like the ups or downs of like, you know, happiness and sadness. Like it was very Mm -hmm. much this kind of like, like heart gripping feeling that I felt over and over again, reading it. So no, it wasn't devastating in that sense. It was rather more, um, I, there's a weird way where at the end, as stressful as it is, like I finally got to relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause, I noticed, yeah, yeah. you know, I noticed about what, what, like, you know, like 75, 60, 75 percent of the way through. So somewhere in there, you know, like at two thirds or three quarters of the way through, I was like, oh, wait, they still haven't made it to Jupiter. Like they're not making it to Terra <laughs> 2 in this book, are they? <laughs> I like that was really the point at which like the anxiety started to like set in of like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And so then once it did happen and they were just working their way through it, it was like, OK, like it happened and like they're working their way through it now yeah yeah how about yourself like what was your feeling through it if not you know devastating yeah i mean i think i i sort of resonate like yeah it doesn't it's not the kind of book that like yeah like rings me out emotionally in any particular way but it is i guess yeah on this read like i said i I was able to focus a lot more on just, like, the language and, like, really paying Mm. attention to the writing. And, like, I am that nerd about books. Like, I I love a sentence, you know? Uh (laughs) Um, I do. And and just, yeah, going through it again this time. I mean, yeah. it's I feel like sentences and themes are, like, the things that I'm most excited about, generally speaking, in, Mm -hmm. in, in literature. And, um... It was just, like, regularly, like, sitting back and just being, or like, you know, I'd be on a, a break at work or whatever, because um, I'm mm-hmm. a, an essential worker, and just, like, pick up and read, like, three or four pages, and just, like, go back into work and just kind of think about them <laughs> while I'm supposed to be doing my job. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It, right. It's, it, yeah, it's the kind of book that, yeah, very much hit me in the head in a in a really powerful way, more than the heart as it as as metaphors go i guess mm-hmm, <laughs> you know the, mm-hmm. how people always talk about getting punched in the head or the heart just talk about feelings <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I feel like you know. Yeah, I feel like it got me in the stomach in a lot of ways. Mm. <laughs> right, like it, it felt like a punch to the gut sometimes, but yeah, in yeah. a very like visceral way, as opposed to like a, you know kind of heart emotions, more like base emotions than that. And then mm. yeah, it was a very like I, I found myself like. So I did a weird thing where I like listened to part of the book and like read half the book, like, and, but not like one half or one chunk, then another, like I would move back and forth between the two, mm. um, which I don't often do. I picked up the audiobook uh, because I had some like free time on a drive and I thought like, oh, I'll, I'll like listen to most of this on the drive ended up like that ended up not happening. Um, but then I had it around. So I'd take walks and listen to it mm. uh, on my like walks. And it's, um, one, it's actually a really phenomenal audiobook. Like, I don't know who recorded it, but she does just such a great job with the tone and the pronunciation and, like, giving the characters each, like, their own character, both viewpoint characters and non-viewpoint characters. Like, it's um, mm. it's really well done. It's one of the better read audiobooks I've, I've heard, honestly. I really enjoyed it. Um, that's great so, to know, actually. Yeah. yeah, so that was a real pleasure in a way that I, I don't typically listen to audiobooks. And, and when I do, I don't particularly tend to like like them that much. Um, it tends to be more like, oh, I kind of need to listen to this because I need to get through it in some way. But that was actually very pleasurable in a way that is rare for me uh, with audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I found this like... You know, I think there's almost this, like, you know, I'd, like, walk around here, like, take a walk, you know, to the park or something and, like, listen to it. And, like, I'd find myself, like, pausing it at times because it was, like, oh, that was just something that I wanted to, like, then, like, walk and think about for a little bit. You know? Yes. Like, oh, like, you know, you know, like, Poppy just said something that is, like, devastating and I need to, like, (laughs) sit with for a minute (laughs) in her weird, cheerful way. (laughs) That's... Uh, you, you saying that reminded me there is one specific scene that deeply fucked me up and made me cry actually kind of a lot. (laughs) Um, Oh, really? Uh, it's when, um, when Elliot wakes up after, um, like hallucinating Aria, Aria in the, um, in the ship Uh, near the end. Yeah. Or like not when he wakes up, when he, right before he whatever it is there's a moment where like poppy is holding elliot and just being like you have to let her go that was intense you cannot like you you cannot go together like you have to choose like to go with her and die or you have to choose to let her go and live and yeah poppy is a is a weird character in a lot of ways like not (laughs) somebody i would like particularly want to hang out with but Also somebody I weirdly deeply identify with like her own, her like personal or like um, familial history in certain ways. Mm. Um, And Mm. having her say that to Elliot, who's another character that I I don't know that I would particularly get along with, but (laughs) um, (laughs) definitely is like shades of me in there as well. Yeah. That moment just like, I think I was reading that at work and I just, yeah, I had to go, like go upstairs in the bookstore and just be like, I'm going to shelve some books for a little while yeah, while right. I, uh, <laughs> um, like learn how to breathe again. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. So, so who would you, I'm curious who you would say, you know, you most, would, would those be the two that you most identified with character wise or like there any character? Like I felt like I had characters I identified with and, you know, not liked, right. But like identified with in particular. Yeah. Yeah, um, 
I mean, I, I know I, we, I, we t- or I tried to talk about Harry a little bit in the pre-read and I deeply mm-hmm. don't identify with him, but um, mm. he reminds me a lot of a lot of people I knew in like high school and like certain friend groups. Like, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, of course, these are all well-written characters. So there's shades of real people in, in each of them. Right. Um, I think I think it's like Poppy and Juno would be the two that I'm like most mm-hmm. like Poppy's backstory and Juno's like tendency to like yeah <laughs> want to write down rules so that everyone will act according <laughs> to ways she can understand mm-hmm. like yeah no I don't identify with that at all what are you uh, talking about <laughs> um, but like specifically the way she like lets herself boil over with like like she doesn't address the thing immediately until she gets to the point where she's like, well, I have to draft a constitution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like what, what it, it's, it's like conflict averse until it's time to like go for the jugular and there's yes. like no real in between. Yep. I, yep. That's, y- yeah, that is I a know thing that. I struggle with. <laughs> Same. I that I, I I was gonna say like, for me it was like her and Jesse were the two that I really identified with. Like in a lot of ways, I feel like you know, like a lot of right. Like one of the cool things about this book, you know, I feel like at this point, if anyone's listening who hasn't read the book, they're just like, wait, what? What are these two talking about? <laughs> but you know, so like, like you know, book is about a bunch of kids who go to space and like the, all the kids end up being like kind of fucked up in like one way or another. And like, you know, I think in particular, there's a lot of, um, you know, maybe we should do like brief content warnings here too, actually, mm. before I go into this. Cause there is a lot of, uh, like, like this book comes with some content warnings, one for like suicide and like a lot of discussion of suicide. Um, you know, I think, I think you mentioned be in the pre-read sort of like, uncomfortable sex which is definitely like a good way of putting it it's never quite you know it's never like non-consensual but there are multiple scenes of just like characters engaging in sex where like one or the other is like not appreciative of it in a a very uncomfortable kind of way but also not in a like a salty type way at all um and then yeah but then just like a lot of two of like mental illness discussions of like depression in particular um yeah. and really like frank discussions of depression from a lot of different points of view which yeah. is really interesting you know i guess the temi o is a uh, the author is a um neuroscientist right and so yeah. you get a sense of like that's one of the things she's interested in um but not it's, just the neuroscience of it, also the kind of like you know yeah. analytic background of it like what what causes in a person's life for them to have these feelings and to feel this way. Um, like what in someone's past does that? Um, so yeah. Or is there anything else I'm missing? Yeah. Um, I mentioned in the pre-read also, there is some disordered eating stuff there. Oh, Um, right. Yeah. And, um, a thing I didn't, I forgot to mention is there is, um, uh, cancer shows up in the, in the book, which is definitely a thing that I know some people, do not want pretty. to deal with for yeah. personal reasons. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's actually a really good call out. Um, you know, there's also there is like a, you know, a fair amount of like death and not I guess not necessarily violence, um, 
but definitely like death uh in sort of like kind of like cold equation-y type ways not uh, sorry that, that makes it sound like sacrifice but rather just in the terms of like like space is tough rough and like it hurts you sometimes yeah. right exactly yeah. not in the sense of like you know bullshit you know campbell like oh we have to like write a story about uh, whatever i i've ranted about that in the past um in fact <laughs> it's qu- quite the opposite of the, right like it's a story about like hope and like you know trying your hardest in bad situations as opposed to like you know like crunching the numbers and then deciding what to do um yeah it's very much a story about like hope and belief as much as it is about you know like the science of it even while the science of it is mostly pretty good so yeah so um that is all to say that there's a lot of discuss. like what i was about to say is there's a lot of discussion of you know like the mental illness of the various characters and like to me like jesse's depression felt most like relatable Mm. right like poppy's like lying in bed and crying for a whole lot like as you know i've seen other people go through that and like you know I've, i've had moments of that myself too but it's not something that like hugely stuck with me in the same way that just that like pit of dread you know the pit that that like unwavering knowledge that like death is coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> from a very young yeah. age was really like whoa okay like i get where this kid is coming from um and it was like nice to see him have an arc of like moving not away from that but like through it in a way right like yeah. i think that's one interesting thing is none of the characters like were cured but rather like found ways of like dealing with and moving through the world like with their traumas Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weirdly, I feel like I would not have said this after the first time I read it, but the second read almost felt like Jesse was like kind of if there was a main character, it was Jesse, like mm-hmm. which like structurally makes sense. Like the book starts with him; he is sort of the outsider. Oh, who, yeah, it like, does. Um. Yeah. Like his his his. So yeah. The, to go back even further, the the book is about six teenagers who spent every like every waking moment from like 13 till 18 or till 20 uh training to go to space because there's a there's an earth like or a, a planet that's functionally identical to earth without light without sapient life on it that they're going to go to they'll get there in 23 years uh except for they won't because the mission fucks up and mm-hmm. well some of them end up going off to complete it but some of them don't um but yeah, it starts out with one of the members of the six chosen teens dying, possibly from suicide or possibly as a mistake. But it's like pretty clearly suicide. Um, right. And then I think the further you get through the book, the more clear that becomes. Yeah. I mean, even early on, they're like, she, yeah, Temi was just like, yeah, they were even saying it was suicide, even though they fa- even after they found her shoes t- like with tucked neatly under a nearby bench with her socks inside of them. And it's like, yeah, right. that is, yes, right. <laughs> that it's right. a very exactly. clear indication that it, she didn't go off on a lark or whatever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like Jesse is the backup crew person who joins the crew in order to, uh, and so that the mission can continue. So like literally on a structural level, we start the book with Jesse. Jesse is the outsider looking in as we are, as the readers, like, of course, mm. in some ways, he is the, the main character, but also in other ways, it's like the book doesn't have a main character. <laughs> um, it's right. from everyone's perspective. 
it's from everyone's perspective. You know, I think some characters get more point of view chapters than others, right? Like Harry obviously gets the least. I think yeah. Poppy probably also doesn't get as many as some of the other, as the other two girls. Um, probably Juno. I mean, like the weird thing about Jesse though, is that like, while he is the main character for like the latter half or maybe even more like the latter two thirds of the novel, he also like, he's the first chapter and then he like disappears for the entirety of the like at school sections of the novel. Yeah. Yes. Um, because he is not like, because a lot, a large chunk of the novel takes place like before Aro's death, like all of those, like he kind of is like, the background and like non-existent for them. Like he is like, he's usually barely even mentioned in those chapters and really only comes back at the point at which they need a backup crew member. Um, yeah. So it is, it is a really interesting kind of, um, it's like in a lot of ways, the mission or the like group of them is the character and like whichever of them are sort of like most important in the group at any given time are like the viewpoint. But I think you could also look at it as like a, you know, it's a single point of view novel that is this kind of like amalgamation of like a group and that group's like membership changes over time. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a weird like collective voice instead of, yeah. Right, but, right. But it is it is that group, right? Because they the teens are also on the ship with a handful of adults, and we do not get any like perspective chapters or like you know close third from from their perspectives. Right, exactly. No, all the all the point of views are from one of the like six kids. We also never get one from Ara, do we? No. Right. And so and so it is like this six that we get it from, even though that like essentially it's like five of them when it's at school. I don't think we get one from Harry at school. I don't think we get anything from Harry until he's on the ship. Maybe there's one, but I feel like it's not until he's on the ship that we get any. Yeah, there's some there's some moments where he like thinks back about moments at school, but I don't think he actually like narrates any of the school stuff. Right, exactly. He's sort of like a, a little bit like a part there. So it's mostly, you know, I feel like we get a lot from Astrid early on mm-hmm. and like and more from Poppy. And then as the book goes on, we get more from Juno and more from um, Jesse on the on the ship. Yeah. It's sort of like kind of like it's really inter- it's a really interesting way of like, you know, structuring one of these novels. I feel like oftentimes I think of this kind of novel and like either it's sort of like relatively right like similar through an entire now i think you know it's like other like close third person but like multiple viewpoint novels i think of like you know like the game of thrones books is like kind of terrible as those novels are like they do do the (laughs) same thing and like any given book has like a really sort of like kind of a cadence to it where it's like you know like certain uh, characters you're going to get like every like three or four chapters other characters you're going to get every like 10 chapters or so but it's going to be like kind of a similar cadence for every like you know point of view character it's just like more or less kind of like equally dispersed through the whole book or mm-hmm. i think of like something like um you know another book that this one remind me a lot of actually is uh um, what's it called? Uh, the Dark Eden, which we've also read on this podcast and is also about sort of like a group of like teenagers sort of like making their own way in a big journey. Yeah, um, I read that. Oh, did you? 
I yeah, after your podcast, I read it and I totally forgot about that book. <laughs> but totally, like it, yeah. it, was, it was really good. It was just one of those things that like oh totally, I was just pulling shit out of the library because I was unemployed before <laughs> before Corona. Um, been there, been there. Yeah. <laughs> also, same weirdly yeah. getting a job during Corona feels very yeah. strange. Yeah, <laughs> thus being late on these podcasts all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and but like that is one where it's like you know like there's sort of like two main characters and then like side characters that will pop in for one or two chapters at a time more for like a interesting like kind of side point of view at a time whereas this really felt like all the characters get their time but also like who gets that time like kind of like moves in this very natural way through it um yeah yeah which was interesting so, okay, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question even you know, this is like end of the podcast question even though obviously we're not <laughs> at the end of the podcast in any way yet. But um like like what are your like okay, so it, the book ends with them finally kind of like getting saved by these like space communists, which mm-hmm. I just like loved more than anything. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, the Shang like, so, is so good. <laughs> right. Oh my god, I like that was actually the one point where I like teared up a little bit when it was like, you know, like <laughs> 6 weeks left to rescue and like Poppy starts like hearing this like voice over the intercom being like, "Oh, mm-hmm. we're coming to save you." And it's like wait days like i didn't think it was like and she realized like oh they're speaking chinese and yeah. like you know <laughs> like they, they oh my god the Shenmue even... has been like watching over you this whole time and they yeah. were very <laughs> impressed yeah <laughs> i was just like oh my god <laughs> i totally forgot like that little detail i totally forgot because yeah poppy's like part of her thing is she knows like 70 different languages right and yeah so when she's talking over the intercom at the end she's like Oh, is this captain whatever the Russian captain's name who she's expecting? And right. then it's like, no, no, this is um, this is from the Shangming, this like lost generation ship, right? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm speaking Chinese right now, not Russian at all, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I love it. I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. And so that, but that was like that. That was a moment that like. So, so the question I was going to ask you is mm-hmm. like. You know, but then we kind of like, that's it. Like we learned they're coming, like some folks to leave the ship and we kind of like, you know, we get Juno's final dream of Terra too, but no real sense mm-hmm. of like whether they actually get rescued or like what happens in any way. And so the question is like, you know, if there were a sequel to this novel, like, would you read it? Do you want a sequel? Are you like happy with the way it left off? Um, I would, I would totally read a sequel. Um, I don't know that I would want to, right. <laughs> um, yeah. you know what I mean? Just I like, do. I, I think it, cause, cause we do get like a little bit of, um, cause who, who is it? It's like Harry and Astrid go back to earth. Right. And we get a couple of chapters. Is it just those two? It's just uh, them going back to earth. And then we get, we get like, when they split up, we get one final chapter from Juno where she dreams of Terra two. And it feels like yes. maybe a little bit of like, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, although it's also kind of presented in this dream format that's been kind of like presented to us a lot. We don't really know what to do with yet. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's an interesting moment specifically because it's usually Astrid who's dream dreaming. Uh, right. it's, her sis- it's her twin sister, mm-hmm. but her twin sister like makes a deal with God that she does not. She will not go to Terra two if her sister can wake up from this like. Right. I can't from this coma, basically. Right. Um, yeah, so she has like, some sort of like altitude sickness, essentially. 
Yeah, and like, um, so it's a it's a weird moment where like, yeah, the the gift of prophecy seems to have passed on to her sister alongside of her near death experience, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's also like the book is never. It was never just like, yes, Astrid is a is an actual prophet. It's, it's just like, you know, she's she's you know, she's very um, what's the word like, uh, like charismatic. Right. Yeah. Right. Like there, I think there's an explicit mention that she like, you know, they they grew up in like a evangelical style church. And like Astrid was the one who would speak in tongues like every yep. every Sunday. <laughs> um, there was another feeling of like, you know, deep like uh, uh, identifying with Juno was like, you know, watching the people like do that in church and be like, God damn, these fucking, you know, like, attention <laughs> seekers like. <laughs> Right, like no real understanding of like it might be possible they actually believe it. So much like this is just weird, and I can't, I can't, I don't yeah. buy any of this. <laughs> but there's something about the, you know, the book. I feel like is kind of like, I mean, weird to maybe say this, but like agnostic on the like whether or not you know like the deal with God helped or not agnostic with whether you know right like because there's like multiple characters of multiple different faiths too and it doesn't seem to like privilege one faith above the other like it kind of almost seems like they each believe in whatever faith they have whether it's a sort of like you know new agey prophecy thing or commander Shepard's, uh you know islam or like whatever and like, you know, Astrid's sort of like new creationist deal, um, yeah. <laughs> like evangelical Christian upbringing. And like, you know, it's all like they all or even right. Like Elliot's just like being haunted by yes. the like ghost of Ara, Right. And it's all kind of yep. posited as like whether or not it's true, it's true for them and like yep. influences the way they think. And like maybe even influences the real world how you know that's a question left up to the mind of the reader in a way that i that i liked i appreciate when you know i feel like this is like a hobby horse of mine like i really like it when science fiction novels deal directly with questions of like faith and belief and religion because like that's part of the human experience again Mm -hmm. kind of going back to the cold equations thing like you know that's not just not the way people are (laughs) (laughs) right and so like of course like people are going to be in this really intense situation and have like you know these like experiences that they like need to explain in one way or another um and that's not to try to like say that it's just you know i don't know i'm relatively i mean i'm i guess i'm kind of religious myself right and so you know while it's a mostly like non-theistic religion it's still like a religion and there's this sort of sense of like yeah like that belief is like good even mm-hmm. um and so i don't know I, I liked the way the book handled that a lot because it wasn't yeah i was a little bit worried going into it because because uh estelle i think had mentioned it as like a like i was a little bit worried that it was going to be just like you know straight up sort of like Christian in some way, but instead it yeah. felt very much more like sort of like acknowledgement that the like universe is a big place and like, we don't know very much about it. Yeah. And we're all, we're all people with histories like who mm. who are like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there was a moment on the pre-read where Estelle was like, yeah. Cause Estelle brought up the thing that Temio writes in the acknowledgements uh, section of the book where she like, um, she like was giving up on the book and like prayed to God and, and like the next day or whatever, she, she got an acceptance for the first time that like oh, actually turned cool. into the book. 
Um, and I shouldn't read the acknowledgments. I should have done that. There's like five pages. It's it's a long acknowledgments, which is always <laughs> nice. It's, I like it's, that. It's nice to know that people have people around them. I know. Uh, I feel like sometimes people make fun of that. Like, oh, it's a first first book. You're going to have a lot of acknowledgement. But like, no, it's like, I don't know, like movies get like credits for like 10 minutes. Like books yeah. should have that too. They are like yeah. team efforts. Like a person does not just yes. write a book in a vacuum. Yes. Um, but yeah, when she brought that up, she was, we were talking about the faith thing and she was like, it's one person in particular. And I was like, oh, you're talking about Elliot. And she was like, no. And I was like, right. Juno. No. <laughs> She's like Astrid. I was like, oh yes. Astrid does have that. But also like, that's when you mentioned earlier, the, the thing about Elliot being haunted by Ara as like a part of that, the whole sort of like the less hard sciencey aspects, let's say, right. or the, the questions of faith. Like, I think that's an incredibly important part of it because, because sometimes faith looks like grief, I think for, for people mm-hmm. and like, or grief looks like faith, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I mean, and that that's part of why it's so effective when when Poppy tells him that he has to let Ara go because it's he's she's basically on some level saying like your your faith has led you astray here. Like you cannot, you can't right. keep believing what you're believing in right now because you literally are like screaming at people that there's somebody hanging out outside the ship. Like it is right. it is literally impacting everyone and you are like slowly killing yourself because of your belief in this promise you made to somebody when you were children. Right. Right. Yeah, that was a really powerful scene too of like like having to do that letting go, like having to say, you know, the people who are alive and round around me now are like more important in a very real way than like those who have passed on. And that is not to like, you know, say that their memory is not important or that you, we don't remember and honor them, but that, you know, like honoring the dead is different from like living with the living yes. <laughs> and yeah. like should not, you know, like, like honoring the dead by not living with the living is not in fact honoring the dead. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like that's a thing that often gets, you know, lost in these conversations of like, you know, you must only speak well of the dead. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. is that honoring the dead or is that like shitting on people who are currently alive? Because sometimes it can be yes. both, right. And like you have yeah. to like weigh that. Yeah. Um, I, I do hope Trump dies of coronavirus. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it isn't looking likely, but, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So we like we've weirder been shit's this. happened in the last couple of days. So like, come on. Yeah, and also like this book says, you know, you need you need de- you need hope sometimes to get through <laughs> right, hard times. Right. right. <laughs> oh, oh, jeez. Like, yeah. What yeah. about you? What a, what a what what would you read a sequel? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I was thinking about it because I was like, part of me was like. I think I want a sequel against my better judgment, mm-hmm. right? Like a thing I always say is that like too many sequels, more books that stand alone. And like, here I am being like, oh, I really like that last chapter. I'd like love to read about like, you know, like a generation in the future when like, you know, Tara, t- you know, it's, it's like, no, just like leave well enough. Al- I mean, like if she <laughs> writes a sequel, I will read it. Yeah. No, no question. Yes. I really, I re- you know, whatever she writes next, I'll read because this was really fucking good. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, I think there's this like kind of like, you know, so um, Dark Eden, which which I do, I I I bring up again partially because I think it's the like it's the only book that I have read that while reading this one I was like, oh, this is kind of like a comp in like book form, right? Mm-hmm. Like in a in a in a in a lot of different ways, in the ways that it's like kind of weirdly about faith, and the ways that it's about like kind of children needing to like strike out on their own, and the way that it's about like you know these small group dynamics just like a lot of these kind of different forms that it takes um the loneliness of like the darkness of space um but like you know one of the things that it did interestingly was it um like it's second like so it's a, it, it was originally just like the first book that ended and then there's a seek or two sequels actually which are both sent to set uh both set essentially like two or three generations in the future. Mm. Right. Um, and the second sequel is like fine. The, the third, the ending of the trilogy is one of the best trilogy enders I've ever read. Like maybe mm. the best trilogy ender I've ever read. Like the, the way that like it plays off the previous two books is just astounding. Um, it's one of the few times I've ever like gasped and like yelled while reading a book. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, there's something really interesting about that of being, like, we're not continuing this particular story, but, like, let's pick up, like, a long time in the future. That would be definitely way more interesting to me than, like, oh, that, like, final dream Juno had. Let's have a book about that in particular. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. I feel like having thought about it a little bit more, like, kind of what I would like is, like, a more like a, and I despise this term, but, like, a side cool sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, right, Just, like... Right. Yeah, just like, you know, set a book on Terra 2. You don't even have to call it Terra 2. You don't, it doesn't have to have anything to do with any of these characters, but just be like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, right. This is, we are revisiting this place that we never quite visited. <laughs> or like, give me a book of like the space communists, like 50 years in the future before yeah. <laughs> they hit Terra 2, but they're still out. Like, you know, like, yeah. I kind of, I would take a book about them because that sounds like yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, just like, briefly for the listeners it's the it's a yeah a chinese generation ship that was launched before the the um the damocles which is the the ship right right that yeah, yeah the, the, damocles. The, the kids are on um and basically they're like it, it's a literal generation ship right like they were they're gonna go to terra 2 but they hadn't uh found out this particular uh interstellar drive technology right. Um, so they're just going to like, I think they said like three generations are going to pass before they get yeah, to Terra 2. I believe that's right. It's going to take like a hundred and some odd years or something. Yeah. And, um, but like, yeah, the, the neat little thing about them, you just, as you, they just pop up throughout the book is just like, it's like, what are they, like sometime around when they got to Saturn or something, they just declared themselves a sovereign nation. <laughs> right. And then we're sort of like never heard from again, but not mm-hmm. in a like, oh, like disaster befell them, but rather like they just stopped communicating back to Earth. Yeah. So they're like, oh, fuck them. Right. Right. And like there, there is, it's like while they were communicating back to Earth, like I call them space communists because they like in their communications back to Earth are very much like talking about how like we all need to work together. And, you know, it's just this sort of like 
like almost like utopian ideal of like, you know, kind of a, a not not communism in the sense of like, you know, sort of like Soviet communism with the Chinese characteristics, but rather more like straight up, you know, sort of like Marxist, like collective worker communism. Yeah. Um, that that they seem to espouse and you know sort of like then like pop up to save the ship at the end of the day um save the children (laughs) (laughs) which is interesting right because like you know while astrid is like researching the new creationist kind of cult like juno gets really into this ship and like their way of thinking about things and like Mm -hmm. drafts her own constitution which is you know both like an extremely, you know, again, like to me, sort of like relatable thing of like, oh, people aren't getting along, so we need rules. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many times have I done that? Um, how well does that ever work out? Uh, yeah. Um, but also, like, you know, the rule sheet designs are kind of based on this idea of like collective ownership, of like, you know, caring for people, of like human rights, you know, of like material needs as human rights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a way that she sort of like takes from this other ship, um, and 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 what they decided to do, like you know, for each other. It's a question when we read um, uh, the Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Like Matt asked me of like if you were going to build a generation ship, like what kind of governance structure like should it have? And, you know, honestly, I feel like that is not a bad one. <laughs> the more <Yeah. laughs> I think about it, it's like the opposite seems to be like straight up, like, you know, techno fascism. So given mm-hmm. a choice between those two, I'll take the techno communism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the famous Rosa Luxemburg quote, right? <laughs> well, uh, no, I don't know that one. I, would just, uh, I don't I, I don't even know who said or maybe that was Benjamin Benjamin Benjamin. Uh, it's socialism, socialism or barbarism are the oh, like right. only two ways forward. It, right. But it's you know techno communism or techno fascism. <laughs> um. <laughs> only two ways forward to terror too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. There. Was, so that scene actually in, in particular, I kind of want to like drill down on a little bit because yeah, it's like there's a lot of tension happening in the ship and like. This is, like, right in the middle of Poppy's depression, I think. Or maybe it's a little later. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, like, they're all in, like, a break room and Juno busts in and is just like, hey, we need to think about what our society is going to look like on Terra 2. Which are, by which, of course, she means I have written a constitution <laughs> for us. <laughs> um, right. But right. she asks for feedback yeah. on it, not for them yeah. to, like, draft it together. Which no. is, again... <laughs> Highly relatable. <laughs> yep. Um, but so, yeah, she's like, she talks through it. And yeah, she's like, I think specifically like is like bans private property and shit like that, which is, yeah, very commie. Right. Um, I love how and, Harry, the fucking aristocrat, is like, well, what if I want to have my own property? <laughs> yes. And it, yeah. And Harry like pushes back on it. And, and this is also a point where Jesse and Juno are sort of like flirting, but they haven't gotten together quite yet. I feel right, like. Right. Um, and so it turns into like a brawl between Jesse and Harry. Oh, it's <laughs> the Christmas party. Fighting. Right. It's the Christmas party. Yes, because Harry turns out to be incredibly drunk because he snuck some whiskey on the <laughs> ship in a Listerine bottle. Right. And he, like, nearly kills Jesse on accident because he's drunk and a rich, uh, very strong dude. Right. <laughs> um, 
Well, not the um, first time that he like nearly kills Jesse in a fit of rage yes. either. Yep. Um, but there's like a, a, the fucking scene after that. It was like the next day where, uh, I mean, it's yeah. Juno is in Faye's office. Faye is the adult right. who does medical stuff. And, right. Um, the German. Yeah. The ballet the officer. Former ballerina. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and she. Yeah. Like she's there because she hasn't been eating. And then Faye has to leave to find a nutrition chart. Juno finds out that Igor, who is the um, the guy who invented the drive that like is right. going to allow them like, to get to chief engineer. Yeah. Uh, he, she finds out he has cancer and then Harry busts in looking for Faye, but sees it's Juno there. And he's like, hey, um, I have like a pilot training thing. Can you fix my cuts from like the fight last night? Right. Um, and she's like. Why would I do that? You beat up the dude I like, like in a really fucked up way. And he's like, his response is just like, I like I will I will sign off on the Damocles document. And like, even if you lead us into like a communist dystopia, I will be right there saying Heil Juno. <laughs> right. Just, there's so many things wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's such a it's such a perceptive like. Yeah, like, of course, that's exactly what that kid thinks. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, about 100%. politics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Right. It is interesting. It's like, you know, the politics of this book are like... You know, like, I'm not sure what exactly they are, but I, 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 I think I kind of like them in the sense at least that, like, you know... Right. Like there's this thing this book does where like it, you know, it compares itself to Harry Potter. Well, I don't know if it, it compares itself, but like it brings mm. Harry Potter up in the text multiple times. Right. Um, yes. Uh, essentially, Poppy has like four or five different copies of Harry Potter that she's brought along with her in different languages, including one in Latin, which is just yes. like ridiculous. <laughs> and I love I love yep. that detail. Um, yep. But also there's this, you know, there right. Like there's this thing at the end of the novel where like, you know, these kids just like, you know, it's like they went to this other space station and it explodes and like, you know, they realize that they've been kind of like, you know, like England was more interested in the launch than the like long-term success of their mission. Right. Like in a lot of ways, like the goal is to like launch them up, have like a big, like how do you duty about it? And then like more or less forget them over time. And like, you yep. know, more likely than not, they will all like, like the expectations are not that this mission will be a success. And in addition, yeah. there have been these inquiries into this like school that they went to that we like see a bunch of in the first kind of like, you know, quarter or two, a third of the novel. And, you know, yeah. these inquiries are like, this school is horrible. It's like this intense psychological and physical like torture of these children. Like a lot of children like die due to it. A lot of others get like scarred for life. And it's like utterly fucked up. Like, what did you think you were doing right and it's like this kind of like funny sort of like like i don't know if temio means to do this right but like there are these ways in which it feels like a little bit of a like yeah this like like these school novels that we all love like that's actually super fucked up like these are about like child soldiers essentially like that's deeply fucked holy shit i had not put that together at all but totally (laughs) 
<laughs> right. I can't, I don't know if she's doing it consciously or like meaningfully, but like I could not help but thinking of how like that kind of like, you know, at the end being like, no, the school was really fucked up. And even the way the adults treated the like children and we keep calling them children, but they're like 20 year olds by the time they're on right. board the ship. Right. Like yes. they're actually not children anymore, but they are entirely infantilized by the like their commander and the other like people on board the ship. Many of whom yeah. themselves don't like Faye does not want to be there. Right. Like themselves mm-hmm. harbor these like resentments towards these kids who are are like both their charges and also like you know like the whole thing is super fucked up and like the book kind of calls it out as being really fucked up at the end in a way that i um i thought i was gonna say i don't think clever because clever makes it sound like it's a punchline rather than like kind of an interesting thought but i I think there is this actually really like like correct thing about it that like yeah you do put like it's interesting to read these stories about these like essentially like young people in really fucked up situations but like they're young people in fucked up situations and actually we should (laughs) strive to not put young people in fucked up situations like that's the better goal at the end of the at the end of the line right even if it's not explicitly about you know like harry potter it is it is it is autocritical in a way that that books like Harry Potter and other like major I feel like a lot of like major young adult school story books are just not they don't they have right. they don't really they have, have the no, capacity to yeah. be yeah or no interest or like no no theoretical apparatus like whatever it is it's I'm sure it's different it, for different authors but like yeah it's not oh okay. Sorry, I thought I was bleeding for a second, but it was just sweat. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's that. Yeah, it's, it's that conversation between it's like Jesse and Poppy near the end where they're talking about like why they were chosen rather than other people. And right. They're they're still kind of like or like, I think it's I could be getting these characters wrong, um, but I feel like it's like Poppy is sort of still clinging to the idea that like, oh, yeah, we're the best. Like we were the best of the best. Right. And Jesse or maybe the other way around. And Jesse's like. I think they chose us because we were the most expendable. Like we, because we were the people who had nothing to lose and were fucked up. Right. Yeah. I and... think it was Elliot, not Jesse. Right. Oh yes. Totally. Right. 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 Yes. Right. But yeah, no, exactly. It's like we, we, cause he, he had like Ara had told him before she like jumped to her death. Like, you know, there was an inquiry and like they found the school we went to was really fucked up and they expect like a 20% chance of like that. We'll actually get to Terra too. Yeah. You know, right. and that's yes. that terrible moment of like, you know, getting two thirds or more of like a qu- three quarters of the way through the book and re- realizing like, wait a minute, they're not even to fucking Jupiter yet. Like they're not going to mm-hmm. make that right. Like something bad is going to happen here because like, <laughs> and of course, how was it ever not going to right? Like how was it, how was it ever going to turn out good? Yeah. Um, right like it's nuts to think that you can put like 10 people on a ship and they'll last for like 25 years and like be happy and healthy at the end of that yeah oh shit oh I had a thought and it was really good and it's gone (laughs) Um, (laughs) you'll just have to trust me I guess that I had a really good thought um I yeah the first time I read it I uh I think I misunderstood something because so the way Ara commits suicide is she jumps into the the Thames that's is that how you pronounce it the the, the, the Thames, river in, in London I think it's the Thames with the yeah. S yeah 
Um, and there's like a line in there that's like, like her stomach was full of poison. And I like read that literally rather than how it was actually meant. Like, I think what it's supposed to mean is uh, she she's full of like she, you know. Her her lungs were full of the river water, um, which is so polluted that it's like poison. Oh, um, interesting. I think is what it's supposed to mean. But the first time I read it, I was like, oh, did she sneak poison in and then jump into the lake afterwards? Which is like not a super important detail, but it, for whatever reason, it like stuck with me really hard. <laughs> um, which is all just to say um, there is like. When I when I was saying at the top of this, just like very broadly about like the the way this book hits me in the head and like how well constructed the sentences are, like mm-hmm. even even moments that I like misunderstood are like really powerful <laughs> like um, images in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> in this book. Um, That's so interesting. I also took that literally, but now thinking back on it, you're a hundred percent right. Like it doesn't make sense literally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it makes sense either in a sort of like kind of like semi literal way of like she swallowed a bunch of like, you know, polluted like city river water or in a like maybe like more metaphorical, like, you know, she had this like kind of like poison in her. She had this like depression all along. Um, you right. Know. There's like scene, there's a scene, right? Like we get from Elliot's point of view where it's like every other like, person remembering Ara is always like how fun and happy she was and it's only Elliot who remembers like how deeply like sad she was and how her like happiness was in a lot of way like mania right was this like Mm -hmm. struggle to find any sense of feeling at all and you know you get the sense of like oh the you know suicide didn't come out of nowhere um and that so that kind of like stuck with me as like a really kind of poignant thing of like you know, I, as, as someone who like, you know, suffers from depression and like has been told before, like when I've told people about that, you know, kind of like, Oh, you don't seem like you do, which is like, on the one hand, like I get people like mean really well when they're saying that on the other hand, it's like weirdly hard to hear, you know, because it's like, yes, of course I don't seem like I do because I spend like every waking moment trying not to seem (laughs) like I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, you know, and and uh, also another thing I kind of appreciated about the book was like, you know, like Poppy starts taking antidepressants finally and like they just kind of like actually help. Right? It's like yeah. there's no like kind of stigma around them and no, you know, and like they don't really help with Faye too and it's just this kind of sense of like yeah, no, you like these are like an option available. Like they work for some people and they don't for others. And like there's no sort of sense of like, oh no, like, you know, taking that might like make you not who you are or anything like that, right? Which I which I appreciate because I feel like a lot of fiction just generally can kind of fall into that like, you know, trap of like, oh, the depression is good for you. Like don't don't try to get yeah. rid of it. Which is like, fuck that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not um, good for you. Yeah, I, there, and I also, I, like, appreciated that there's, like, a moment a little later where she's just, like, or, like, from Poppy's point of view, when she's just, like, like, she, like, she'll never know if, like, it was the, if it was the antidepressants or the, like, um, like, forcing herself to get up back to work or just, like, a change in, like, 
that brains change over time. Like she's never right. going to be able to pin this down and that's fine. Right. Like exactly. But she is doing these things and now she feels differently and it's probably a mixture of a lot of things like most, uh, living is right um, right well and too i think there's this you know we have this desire as humans to like categorize things as like having one cause or another but like the the real question is like you know is there a difference between taking the antidepressants and like getting out of bed or are those actually like the same thing in some very real way right like not that mm -hmm. one causes the other but actually they are like the two sides of the same phenomenon right like you know getting to the point even you know my 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 get really deep here i guess uh you know like my therapist and i talked about this when i started when i went on antidepressants you know it's this kind of like feeling of like oh they're you know kind of like weird like this weird feeling of being on it and then also like once i started taking them and started like feeling normal for the first time in my life this feeling of like why did i wait so long like what like, well, you know this kind of like almost feeling of like oh i shouldn't have like done that you know and the thing he pointed mm -hmm. out was like you know it might have taken you getting to the point that like you were asking for them and ready for them that they are able to like help in this way, right? Like them helping in the way that they do is not just them helping. It's also like you being at a certain place um, to yeah. be able to like, I guess is not his words. So, like, I don't have better like capitalize on it essentially. Right. Like getting again, this is where to me, like getting out of bed and taking the antidepressants and like, you know, doing your chores are all kind of like, they don't they're not necessarily different from each other right like one helps the other the other helps the other like they all mm -hmm. kind of like build up to this like foundation of like being a person um yeah i don't know that was maybe i, I might cut part of that i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's also like yeah just to like be as clear as possible like uh, it is it is also very literal brain chemistry stuff happening with like ssris or antidepressants so, like, right not, i don't think either of us are trying to like uh mystify this into like oh it's all just social relations like no, obviously totally. there it's it but like yes i i just wanted to say that because i could see somebody being like oh they think that doing your chores and getting and taking an antidepressants are literally the exact same process it's like no right they are both at, at, like functional ways of changing behavior and like uh, like trying to live in the world, which is a very hard thing to do mm -hmm. in the middle of depression. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think, I guess for, you know, like I've noticed for myself, like, you know, for me, like taking antidepressants and like, you know, like cleaning my apartment or like in some ways though, kind of the same thing. And that like, I might not do one without the other, but it's not to say that like one caused the other per se right yes. like I, I think i think yeah. this is like really hard to talk about as like people want to have these causes of like oh well you're on antidepressants now so you can like do all of these things and it's like well it's not wrong but i think it's also mm -hmm. not the full story right like also you're on antidepressants yeah. because you like because poppy finally one day did get out of bed did some chores and like went to Faye and was like yes i will take them now like she had been offered them yes. before right and like she has to make yeah. this conscious choice to like take them right and this is i think yeah a thing you hear a lot in therapy of like you know therapy doesn't work unless like the patient like comes and like wants it right like mm -hmm. therapy isn't a thing that someone can like do to you it's a thing that like you do for yourself <laughs> in a lot of ways um yeah. 
and again, I feel like that's a sort of like piece that goes like missing. And, and again, it speaks to like, you know, Temi O like knowing what the fuck she's talking about when it comes to like the mental health stuff, which is really nice. Yeah. Right. Like this isn't yes. sort of like, yeah. you know, vague hand wavy, like, Oh, I'm an author and I've been like depressed once. So like, I can tell you all about <laughs> how to like feel good about yourself. Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, the I've been depressed once is yes. <laughs> but fucking, yeah. um, well, uh, but also it's like um, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, there's a um, th- there's also just a lot of perspectives in this book on this particular question, right? Like, um, like Igor, I think, is the one who like pulls Elliot aside and is just like, mm-hmm. like writes down the like chemical structure of serotonin and dopamine. And it's just like all of the f- bad feelings you have are just like a lack of these chemicals. The reason Ara killed herself is because her brain didn't produce these in the proper amounts. Right. And then and then he's he makes it clear like the reason he thinks that is because I think it's his uh, his his dad committed suicide in front of him when he was a child. And right. this like hard scientific approach to grief was the only thing that kept him going. And so he thinks other people like as as soon as they know that they'll be able to keep going too and it's like right it's i think there's a the end of that chapter is just elliot being like like yeah but that doesn't make me feel any better (laughs) like i (laughs) like i know what you're saying is scientifically true but it or no it's like he's i think he says like um but like oh my god it's it's like that's all important, but it doesn't change how much she mattered or something like right, that. And it's right. like, yes, like, yes. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. But it also, yeah, like you don't get a ton of Igor in this book, but e- even the little bit you do, I feel like he's a very fascinating character and like fully fleshed out in that same way of like, like, yeah, I can absolutely see why like going through a particular trauma would lead you to just be like, yeah, I'm going to be the most hardcore cold equations ass scientist mm-hmm. that, that has ever existed. And I'm going to invent a way to like accelerate s- spaceships using plasma so that they like slowly accelerate like right. by like micro, like yeah, thousands of a, of a, of a G <laughs> like infinitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, that was maybe is, yeah. maybe the one sort of like complaint I had about the novel actually was sort of on the like, so they're accelerating all the way from Earth to Jupiter and then they like rendezvous with one of the moons of Jupiter, but they don't like decelerate to do that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like this last minute addition and like, you know, then they're still kind of like on this sort of like, I, I don't know that that was like there was clearly some element of like either I'm not understanding like the trajectories and like the speed of these things or like there was like a weird amount of like pretty hard rocketry followed by like, well, I'm going to hand wave this one piece. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it was the only thing that like ever pulled me out of the novel was that one piece mm-hmm. of like, oh, like wouldn't they need to like slow down and wouldn't slowing down have, although I guess like, even as I'm saying that part of me is like, Oh, but I also see the way, you know, in which like, yeah, that might be also a little bit of a statement of like, you know, 
yeah, like the adults in the room, like never really had their shit together either. Like there's this kind of like idea of like, oh, the teachers at Dalton or like the, the school that they go to or like the, you know, administrators of the like European or the UK space agency, the UKSA or whatever it is, right? Like that mm-hmm. they really know what they're doing. But like even the like rendezvous on Jupiter when they rendezvous with like the Europa project there and like it explodes and like, you know, Elliot realizes it explodes because like no one caught this like leak for very like simple reasons. Right. And like, you know, this idea of like, Oh no, like actually no one really has their shit together. (laughs) You know, like that, that in some ways feels like this lesson that these like, you know, kind of like young adults need to like learn is that like, no one really has their shit together and like, you know, you know, I, I guess here's a, here's a question, you know, at the, at the end, right. Like Elliot and Astrid like make this decision on behalf of everyone to like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like have hope cannibalize the space shuttle home, but like also try to keep going. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you think about that? Like, was that the right decision? Was that an understandable decision? Was that, you know, that's a tough question, honestly. Um, I think it was. I think it's. I think it is um, presented in the book in a way that makes sense from those two characters. Uh, Ooh, just definitely. starting from there, yeah. Um, like it didn't feel like. Uh, like uh, I feel like in a less skilled author's hands, it would have felt like a moment where they were just like, "Ah, oh, shit! I don't know like how to get to the next." part of the story that I wanted to get to. So I'm just going to have somebody randomly blow up the space, like the, the shuttle. <laughs> right. Um, and said it was like a, yeah, a, a thing that they literally held a discussion about and like everyone understood that they were functionally, uh, mutineering, having a mutiny. <laughs> um, <laughs> mutineering um, is a good word. And so I'm going <laughs> to go with that one. <laughs> okay, cool. I've never seen it or heard it before, but no, it, but it's a it good now word. Exists. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it might just mean something else entirely. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so like just sort of talking out loud to see if I can come to a conclusion after, now that you've asked me. Because um, it's right after, yeah, it's right after the Europa explode, the Europa project explodes, where they were trying to terraform Europa um right the commander is in a coma at this point um because he like got thrown into the the in the shuttle he got thrown into the side of it he and is like bleeding from his brain likely right um, although they so don't actually Igor, have the, guy with, the technology to like really do much with that which like doesn't seem yeah. like great on a ship that's supposed to like carry people for you know <laughs> decades but okay a quarter century yeah <laughs> um get more evidence um, for the like didn't really care how it turned out piece yes totally because i mean and you would think that they would have like stuff like that specifically because they are going there to create to colonize a world like so even if they don't have like yeah, if right. they don't have it there, then they just don't have access to, like, good medical equipment for the next couple, of, like, next generation once they're right. colonizing a planet. Right. Yeah. I guess I maybe mean. some of the other bigger ships with more people will. I, I don't know, you know, because it's, yeah. like, they're this, like, leading team. It's also mm-hmm. unclear exactly what they're, like, lead, like why they need this sort of, like, leading team in the first place, <laughs> question mark. Well, I mean... The, the I think the answer that the book hints to is that uh, it's so that the so the Britain can be the first there, right? <laughs> like exactly. The, the right, UK can point. win the space race, right? Um, 
but um yeah as we're talking about it the book is like like very cynical about politics in a way that like you know (laughs) i kind of like didn't realize reading it but talking about it it's like no it's actually like a deeply cynical book especially about like like in a way that I really appreciate, which is essentially like school administrators are full of shit and awful people and <laughs> don't trust them, <laughs> which is like, yeah, right. Yeah. on. I feel, I feel like we're really seeing that shit play out right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would push back a little bit against the idea of it being cynical um, just because it's such an incredibly hopeful novel, like at its mm. core, I feel like it, mm-hmm. it like really, it really does have faith and it really does believe in people and their ability to do things, even if they fuck up. But That's also, true. yeah, it is, it is deeply distrusting of, of authority, I guess. Like it is. Yeah. Like, right. But even that, like, like kind of, but even then it does, like, pause it, right? Like, I mean, like, there are the space communists, right? And, like, Juno mm-hmm. sort of, like, Juno's, right, like, document, the Damocles document, is, like, silly not because she dares to imagine, like, a better world or a better way of organizing people, but is silly because she thinks she can, like, force it on others, Right, but yeah. it's not silly in the sense of uh, like I'm saying the book doesn't present it as like the wrong thing to want. Like the book presents it, I think, right. as like actually the right thing to want. Right, like at the end, like or uh, after you know what what uh, Elliot and Astrid have like you know done this thing with the with the with the you know like it's not sabotage right but they but but like kind of like uh cannibalized i guess the shuttle to keep the ship alive like they all realize like oh well this is actually a really big like two things like two decisions get made one is the decision of like should we punish them and that's something that they decide to like take a vote on finally even though like there's this kind of like point where i think everyone realizes like oh like you know they did this because we should have actually like involved them in this decision like right like there was a point at which like a vote should have been taken earlier and like now we're doing that and then also jesse has the thing of like uh, like no one is going to be prevented from leaving right like right and it, and that's not a vote but rather like everyone has to make their own decision piece in it in a not not like consensus decision making but almost more like anarchist decision making of like everyone like decide what's right for you and if you're deciding to like stay together then like obviously like you know you're entering into this contract of like working together in this like particular way right like not an anarcho capitalist yeah. kind of like contract but rather like a like civil <laughs> contract right yeah. and, and they also talk about like what well, you're entering into a family right Right? Like you're entering into this like larger set of like social kind of norms. Um, and so I don't know, there's something very like, like the way that the book presents that stuff is I think as sort of like, yeah, as like growth in a way, right? Like having people like, like letting people make decisions for themselves, whether that be through like voting or consensus or just like making the decision about how they want to live their lives is as like a form of growth instead of the top down, like, you know, the adults tell you, you have to do this. And so you follow them or you just right. rebel against them, right? Like there's a different, like, yes. like rebelling against them is still just sort of like letting them be the authority. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, I think just having thought through this a little bit now, like, to answer the question, I feel like, like, no, they 100% made the wrong decision, right? Like, right. 
Like the the thing they did was not choose that for themselves. It was like choose for everyone regardless of their own desires. Like they right. they they took apart this this. I mean, there's the the argument during the during the argument they talk about like, um, there's like a question of like, is taking apart the the shuttle like destroying a life raft right as your boat's about to sink, or is it like using a life raft? Um, right. And like, they Astrid and Elliot come down on it's like using a life craft or life raft, so we're doing it, even though no one else wants to right well it's not clear that like no one else right like if they had had the argument like maybe someone else would have wanted to right like maybe they could have gotten the votes or like whatever thing they needed to get to make it work yeah but like and this is why it's the the working through the context is important too right because it's like oh they have just lost like their commander who has Mm -hmm. then they have a new one who's like an acting commander who is literally the dude with cancer who's going to die before he gets there anyway. Like, um, and so there is like a moment of, of, of chain of command weakness. Right. Happening that like, yeah, leads to not so much a, a, like a consensus process or like affinity process as just like, well, command is weak, so I will do what I want to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, coming from Astrid. Sure, um, but at the same time, like, like Igor's form also. of command is, like, you know, not particularly good either, right? Like, yes, I think it's maybe, exactly. like, a weakness of hit. Like, he's not a commander, and, like, the way he commands is just, like, telling you, no, you have to, because I'm telling you to, as opposed to, yes. you know, like... Again, I think that's where the point of like realizing like, oh no, this is a thing we we have to vote on. Like we're here together and like it can no longer be a thing of like there's a commander. I think is a really yeah. like important moment even if it is like yeah. them voting to like punish someone. It's I mean, that's like that was maybe the moment where my like identification with Juno was like the most like was sad <laughs> in a weird way because mm. she is the one who's like it's just like, no, we have to follow the rule of law. And that means there has to be like punishment, which means jail. Right. It's just like you, you have so much more imagination than this friends. Yeah, I know. I, or at least I hope you do, but <laughs> I agree. I actually totally yeah. agree with you on that one. That was sad for, for, it was, you yeah. know, but also yeah. I guess, you know, it's like that that's the justification is sad at the same time, like the, you know, specifics of where they were at then. Like, I don't know if like I would choose something. T- I, I don't know. I don't I don't particularly think they should have been put in space jail. I also do kind of understand <laughs> the like need for some form of like, you know. I don't know if punishment is the right word, but like they did choose this thing that can't be taken back and there does need to be some sort of like, you know, retribution for that in some way. Um, you know, yeah. whether it looks like what it did look like is, is I think a questionable is questionable. I also love yeah. that. Like Elliot, like just accepts it, even though it's so easy for him to break <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when he finally does want to get out, he's like, okay, well I'll just leave now. <laughs> that kind of moment oh, yeah. of like, wait, you've always had the keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Which is a little bit of a, a, you know, a thing of like how, you know, but again, I think it comes down to the like, you know, 
in rebelling the way they did, like they are like still in a weird way, like accepting Igor's authority, right? Like the way to like actually not accept his authority is to at the time say like, you know, we need a different form of authority here. We need some sort of like consensus or vote, like whatever, like, but this isn't the yes. right way to make these decisions instead of to just like accept that his authority is what it is. And the only way around it is to like circumvent it is to like try to t- usurp that authority for themselves in whatever way. Right, exactly. It's like uh, they they say yes to his saying no, and th- that is not. It's still the conversation is still happening on his terms. Right, exactly, you know? like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think about this a lot in terms of like religion and like you know like kind of new atheists and how they're they are often like right like instead of like having their own belief systems rather just like believing the opposite of like whatever it was they used to. Right. And it's like, well, you're still, you know, I hate to break it to you, but if like what you do is (laughs) hate the Bible, then what you're really doing is still focusing on the Bible. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And like, you know, I get it. We all go through that period, like been there, (laughs) not saying that you shouldn't or it's bad or whatever, but you know, also, like, Fully focus same. on, like, yeah. you know, building the new thing for yourself, too, not just hating the old thing. Otherwise, all you're doing is, like, playing out those same traumas, but from the, like, opposite side. Yep. 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> I, yeah, 100%, 100% in agreement with you there. Um, and, you know, the fun part is when, is that, you know, the new atheist pipeline at this point is just to Islamophobia and then. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so bad. Right wing shit. I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't even like thinking about it. I mean, I don't, yeah. I was going to say I don't know how it got there, but I 100% know how it got there, which is that like ultimately it is still like a, you know, kind of offshoot, like schismatic sect of Christianity. And so, you know. Yep. It's going to like, <laughs> again, it's like just playing through all the same fucking traumas. Um, yep. Yeah, man. Fuck Richard Dawkins, man. Fuck Dawkins. Fuck Hitchens. Right. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Hitchens, man. He was speaking ill of the dead. That guy sucked. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, <laughs> on that note, I loved this book. Uh, I'm also kind of falling asleep as I'm talking, so <laughs> I might need to wrap this up. Makes sense. It's like what midnight there at this point? Uh, yeah, quarter till. Um, you know, yeah. I have to wake up early uh, in the morning. Although I have sort of like the half day off from work in the morning, which will be nice. Get to get to pack some. Moving soon. Hell yeah! yeah. Restful sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be really nice. I can't wait to pack up my entire apartment on my own. That will be fun. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but thank I you. I don't have to wake up tomorrow. Oh, well, that's. <laughs> I've I I took yesterday off because it was my birthday, and I have my weekend is Monday Tuesday, so I've had like oh very I've had Saturday through Tuesday off, and I'm like wow, I'm not even gonna remember how to work when yeah. I get back. <laughs> yeah, no, I took a like one extra day off during um the Labor Day weekend and had four days off, and it definitely was. I came back to work and had like two days of being like, wait, how do I job again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mike. How do I turn on a computer? Like, what? What do I? What am I typing? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for like recommending this book and like being on, obviously, and like you know doing the digital book tour stuff, but also like coming and guesting and all this. This has you know been a real pleasure to do. So, um, you know, thank you and like great yeah. book. Like, holy shit! I definitely like you yeah. know like 
you know, jumped up to like a top echelons of books for me very quickly here. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> it's so frustrating that Estelle is just almost always right when when she recommends things. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know those friends. Like, why can't you just yeah. be wrong sometimes? <laughs> it's uh, the. I think the first book that I read that she recommended was Autonomous uh, by. Oh. I think it's Annalee Newitz. Oh, I've never um, read that. Yeah, I've heard of that. I did not like that book one bit. Really? Okay. Um, so, Yes, she was. So she was incorrect. I had also just finished reading the um, the Machineries of Empire. No, is that it? Yeah, the Yoon Ha Lee's right, uh, right, trilogy. Right. Um, uh, and those books are still. I need to reread those because holy shit, I love those books so much. Yeah, I still have um, not read the second two, and they are like you know kind of burning so a good. hole in. I mean, the problem is like I can't read. I mean, this book took me a month to read. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. My brain is broken. Like everything is bad all the time. And like, the, you know. yeah. And the books will be there. They're not right. going anywhere. Right. <laughs> well, well, you know, we'll see if like my, uh, you know, like literacy is still there. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'll get them on audiobook and like try that. Since apparently I can do that now since I can't read anymore. So <laughs> I think I listened to one of them on audiobook and I remember it being pretty, pretty good. I yeah. don't know which one. Okay. But, maybe yeah. I'll give that a shot. I did enjoy yeah. listening to this on my walks, you know? Yeah. Like a sound like a um, you know <laughs> old person like I'm just gonna go to my walks and like listen to a book on tape <laughs> <laughs> on my Walkman. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I just need um, one of those like cheap plastic like you know earphones with the like the pat the the you know the cheap foam that goes right over your ears. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is this is uh, lovely as as always. Oh yeah, and, anytime, yeah, literally. Just a really, I, I think I might have said this in the pre-read, but this is the third time I have bought this book at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I love that. So I bought it. Yeah, I bought it once for my little brother. Read that, gave it to him. Then I bought a second copy for Estelle because she had given away her copy, mm-hmm. and then I bought it again for this. And I'm like there's a good chance I'm going to just hand this copy to somebody else. And then in six months be like, Oh, I guess I got to buy another copy. Do, do you dream of Terra too? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I definitely have those books where I've bought more copies, even like, you know, bought more copies than I have read it number of times because like mm-hmm. the copies just go to other people. Yep. It's like, there's the books I love so much that I have like a copy always on my bookshelf. Then there's the books I love so much that I never have a copy on my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I don't love one more than the other. They're just very different kinds of books. (laughs) Yes. Um, (sighs) cool. Well, yeah, I will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll chat again soon. I'm sure. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, just for the listeners, like, I'm not sure what October is going to look like. I know Matt is able to record. I don't know if I am because of the whole, like moving cities after living in the same apartment for eight years, nine years thing. So, you know, my life is kind of a clusterfuck right now, um, in a good way, but in a, in a very, like everything is happening very quickly way. So we'll see if I get to record again, um, until November. But yeah, again, thank you for being on. I hope folks read this book. Uh, you know, I mean, if you like, yeah. if you haven't by this point, like, and you're listening, like, what are you doing? Like, read the book. <laughs> it's definitely better than us talking about it. It's reading it. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
And if you did read it, I'm really glad. Uh, you know, I know at least a couple of people have like been, you know, pinging me on Twitter being like, hey, when are you going to have the post read? I read it and it's really mm-hmm. good and I want to listen to you. So I, you know, hopefully folks enjoy this. And yeah, we'll be back, you know, in the future. <laughs> like what does time mean i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll be here go listen to the book tour episodes there's some really good ones out recently so you know yeah i should start getting in touch with people about that again because i want to get back into that good yeah i think i i think i owe a couple of emails on that too and uh you know we'll, we'll you know anytime i love having those <laughs> on the podcast as well because i get to listen to the podcast instead of edit it myself <laughs> lovely yeah. Great. Well, thank you again, B. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see you next time. Oh, I should say thank you to also to WJ for music, uh, spectology pod on Gmail, spectology pod at gmail.com at spectology pod on Twitter. You're at Ben Laden on Twitter still. Is that right? Okay. And, yes. uh, what's your Patreon again? Same. Same. B-E-N-L-A-D-E-N. Okay. And that is a uh, highly recommend that Patreon for folks. Uh, you can, you can read about how I killed my sourdough starter. Yeah. Cause... That was sad. <laughs> yeah. Poor yeah. thing. You know, it was, it was freeing also. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I there will, there will be another. You right. Know? <laughs> right. And until then other projects. Yes. Have I, have I, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll off mic, like preach the gospel <laughs> of pickling to you. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, everyone. I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.